Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. You know, I call it kind of like this metal box thing inside my head that I put my emotions into and shut that box so I can actually get on with the, the work that I do every day so I can be focused. But, you know, at some point that box becomes full and like it starts showing cracks and, you know, and then it starts, for me, it starts manifesting itself like physically. Welcome to the Adventure Podcast and the first of our Solitude Specials. I'm recording this introduction on the 30th of March 2020 in the middle of the coronavirus pandemic and one week into uh, forced isolation in the UK. We've pulled this little project together quite quickly and we only came up with the concept for the Solitude Specials about a week ago. The idea in principle was to speak to people that we've had on the podcast before as well as some new names and faces. Uh, some that you'll have definitely heard of and some that you might not have and the focus of the idea was to look at how uh, extreme experiences of isolation and quarantine or solitude uh, or living and working in small teams uh, have influenced people's ability to kind of deal with the sorts of situations that we're all facing at the moment in our own way. And in order to pull this together, we've had to break one of our golden rules, which is recording these conversations in person. I've always fairly passionately believed that it makes a huge difference actually sitting down with somebody uh, to speak to them face to face. Uh, You can engage with people on a level that you just can't achieve sat in front of a computer screen. But beggars can't be choosers. And here we are. We've been very careful to specifically speak to people who we know well already or who are used to this kind of thing, so that speaking them via computer doesn't affect the quality of the conversation. Uh, It definitely does, however, affect the quality of the recording, so you might notice a difference in sound quality. Okay, our first guest on this series is Megan Hine. We recorded a feature with Meg almost a year ago, and it was incredibly popular. And this time we spoke with Meg about life on the road and what it's usually like and the contrast that she now faces uh, being isolated at home in North Wales and what she's now doing to fill her days so that they have meaning and purpose and how she's using the time to get kind of back on track a bit after spending 11 months of every year on the road. We also talked to her about what it's like being stuck in a remote village after a landslide and how you cope with that kind of stress and pressure when you're in charge of the safety of a small team. Finally, uh, we really hope you enjoy this series. It's something a little bit different and there will be a lot more of them to come. I actually can't remember when we did the last interview, but it was, it must have been a year ago. I think so, yeah, because I think it was getting dark quite early in the day as well. So maybe it was like autumn or winter, I guess. Where are you supposed to be? 
right now? So where am I supposed to be at the moment? Um, so at the moment, I'm supposed to be in Iceland. Uh, I had a really, really busy year ahead of me. And for once, like, because I, I do a lot of film work. So, well, that's my, predominantly my work. So um, I'm a producer and uh, do the safety on some pretty big adventure survival shows for TV. And for the first time like ever, it was all scheduled like so well that I could actually see my year in advance and that I was going to be able to have holidays and <laughs> things in there, which is something I haven't had for a long long time um and then all this happened so yeah so we're actually supposed to be shooting a couple of different shows um yeah pretty big shows and each one was going to be about 10 episodes long so that's all been put on hold for quite a while now and how long ago was it that you started to realize that this was going to be more than just something that was happening in asia um so because of the work that i do and it revolves so much around like travel and things um it was aware quite early on that this was probably going to be a possibility uh so i've i've been i was at home for a few weeks before you know it all really kicked off um because we was actually supposed to be filming in the dolomites so earlier in the year i was out in the dolomite scouting locations so looking for locations and putting the show together and then we were supposed to be out there going back and filming out there and obviously that was like where it all kicked off uh, so that was like a no-go so then we were looking for other options about where we could go that was still open and hadn't been affected um so yeah, so I'd, I'd actually been around for a couple of weeks before it really kicked off. Okay. And what are you now doing with your time? <laughs> um, it's actually um, it's actually pretty amazing having this time because I realised that I've just been on the go for you know about seven years. And so I spend sort of 10, 11 months of the year out there on the ground. Um, yeah, sort of working and it's working solidly. And when I am home, like the few days that I am home, it's all very much um, answering emails and catching up with life and taxes and jamming everything into just a couple of days. So it's like this is like zero downtime. Um, so it's it's been really nice to have the, the time actually to catch up with, you know, life's boring things. Um, but also, you know, I, over the years, it's like I've got, had little injuries and things that have kind of like niggling away. So it's actually been really good starting to balance those things out. So focusing on things like yoga and stretching and stuff that I just don't really normally have time for. And do you feel trapped? Um, do I feel trapped? Um, I occasionally go through moments. So like I have like mild ADHD. <laughs> so it's like I have like I've got so much energy and it's like this is why, you know, I end up always doing a million different things at the same time because it kind of I suppose that's I need that to keep me focused and keep me motivated and going and stuff. So I think being at home and having like a lot more energy <laughs> is, is a little bit frustrating, but then it's great because I'm actually channeling that into uh, into writing, into uh, training um, and yeah, just I suppose looking after myself a bit more, which I just haven't been able to do for, for so long now. Are you forcing yourself to have downtime or is that not really a thing? Um, I'm actually not, um, surprisingly, because I'm I'm really fortunate that I live in Snowdonia, well, on the edge of Snowdonia, and I'm, I live by the beach, uh, and the weather's been really nice the past few days, so it's kind of actually like, I've kind of almost been like in expedition mode, that I've been like going to bed, <laughs> I've been going to bed at like nine o'clock every night, like when it gets dark, uh, and then like this morning I was awake at like four o'clock um, with, the, with the birds, <laughs> so I was then out, like I went out for my, my walk of the day, um, and you know, went out and watched the sunrise and picked a load of like wild garlic and and stuff. <laughs> and I, I'm actually making gorse wine at the moment and and things. And 
being able to do my writing projects as well, which is really cool. I think that's an interesting side of it because I think people, this is a wild assumption, but just see kind of the training and the trips and the fact that you're making gorse wine and foraging for wild garlic is, you know, I mean, do you do it all the time or have you just started doing it? Um, no, so well, I mean, like the bushcraft and survival things uh, is something that, uh, you know, I used, I used to do a lot of, used to teach a lot of it um, uh, for a while. That was like, that was my primary, primary job. Um, and it's, I always just seem to miss the seasons here, particularly like with the gorse. It's like, I make some really good gorse wine <laughs> and it's like, it's super potent as well. It's like, it's really light and bubbly and, um, but yeah, really, really potent. And it's like, it's really good to make it this time of year because it'll be ready for, for Christmas Um uh, so yeah, like wherever I am, like in the world and stuff, I, I'm really fascinated with like the seasons and, you know, what's available out there. And actually, I, well, I used to do like a lot of um, sort of anthropological based expeditions. So going out and spending time with native tribes and then, you know, putting their skills into practice in like a survival scenario. Um, and I use that now a lot for the film work that I do. So actually going and talking to native people, seeing what skills we can learn that we can then put on into the TV shows. Uh, so a lot of my job revolves around like the seasons and things anyway, and finding out what's actually out there in, in those environments. Um, yeah, so around here at the moment in spring in the UK, perfect time, like even in like, even in the parks and things, you know, is the nettles are perfect for collecting. It's like, um, there's everything's so fresh. Uh, the wild garlic, I love um, wild garlic pesto. So good. Brilliant. I might have to get some recipes from you from my own wild garlic pesto. Um, yeah, that would be ace. Cool. Now, it is interesting because I I just worry that people are going into lockdown mode and either thinking the only thing we can do is play Xbox or watch telly. Definitely. And well, I think this is where, like, <clears throat> you know, those, you know, our, our lives, like, you know, from your, your expeditions and things, like our lives revolve around hardship and routine. Um, and, you know, for, for me, on the, I don't know if it's the same for you, it'd be interesting to, to hear, but on expeditions, it, it takes off so much um, pressure and thought and gives you so much more energy uh, if you get yourself into a routine right away. So, you know, I'm like, I'm, I'm super anal, like with with my kits. It's like my life's pretty chaotic, like my personal life. <laughs> but it's like when I'm on trip, it's like the way I pack my bag, um, you know, every, the way that my rucksack gets packed, the way when my hammock goes up in the jungle, the way that I organize, you know, where my foot powder goes, where my anti-itch, bitey stuff goes, um, you know, all of these things, everything has its place. And every single night, everything goes into those places and I am like that's something I do wherever I am and every single time that I stop and make make camp and then like the morning's routines as well um, because it just frees up so much energy and you know those skills that you put into practice on an expedition um, can be transferred into you know the scenario at the moment um, in terms of like getting yourself into a routine because you know if you don't get yourself out of bed in the morning or don't have motivation or a purpose during the day then you know why why would you why would you get out of bed and you know i've been actually been having messages from um people who are saying that they're struggling with like their teenage kids who don't have the motivation to get out of bed or do anything um and they're like literally their kids are saying that they're giving up and i really think this is where like the whole like school system and stuff comes into question because there's so little room for creativity and initiative and intuition and all of these like traits that make up resilience um in the school system 
Um, and then you end up in a scenario like this. And, you know, these kids have never really faced real hardship um, and have never had to be in a situation where they rely on themselves and their own resolve um, and actually push themselves uh, to, to actually, you know, for the intrinsic motivation. Um, so I'm really, really hoping actually off the back of all of this that it might be a bit of a wake up call. Yeah, I think that whatever happens, something will fundamentally change. It kind of has to. And it's interesting. It's good advice as well. If you, I mean, are you channeling your own expedition experience into the way that you're living your life in quarantine? Well, I think it just naturally happened. You know, I mean, for, for me, I mean, for a start, it's like it's an amazing opportunity for me to catch up with things that had just been on hold for so long and to deal with, you know, various life issues and stuff or things that, you know, it had happened over the past couple of years that I just haven't had time to process because I'm just always on the road and, you know, I'm looking after the safety of other people and it's like, you know, those things I just couldn't deal with and I, you know, I call it kind of like this metal box thing inside my head that I put my emotions into and shut that box so I can actually get on with the the work that I do every day so I can be focused. But, you know, at some point that box becomes full and like it's Start showing cracks and you know and then it starts for me it starts manifesting itself like physically um you know so last year I was in I ended up hospitalized um with a back issue which was like was nothing really to do with my back it was more to do with like a load of emotional stuff that I was dealing with you know so this is great time to actually be able to process um all of that um and to be able to you know get get my life in order again for when you know this all settles down and I'll be back out in the field because I'd imagine like once it settles down it's like things are going to go flipping nuts anyway from for me <laughs> yeah I think they're going to have to for every, well I think it will especially for people in our industries but also you know in the world in general I mean this is a very hard time to be freelance or running a small business or a member of staff in an out-of-work company Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Um, but it's going to have to take off again at some point. Yeah. Right? I, I mean, I've, I've always worked in the outdoor industry. I've always been an outdoor instructor. Um, and, you know, I, I've been very, very fortunate that my career kind of moved into the TV work and, you know, and I I work as a as a producer and I'm and like I'm in you know I I'm working a lot um and obviously I'm away a lot um so you know I, over the past couple of years for the first time ever like I've actually been able to you know save a little bit um and you know but a few years ago when I was purely doing outdoor instructional work and you're so reliant on the seasons like I, I would have been screwed and like my heart just goes out to anybody who's in that situation at the moment that is literally in a survival mode yeah it I think it it is the situation for lots of people, especially even just in the tiny industry that we work in. Most of the, you know, freelance camera operators, people like that, they've just had everything disappear. I mean, I've probably had 20 or 25 emails in the last two weeks saying anything at all. And the answer is no. I mean, we're all in it together. 
you know, yeah. we've had stuff cancelled, you've had stuff cancelled. That's just the way it is. I think that's a, that's a really good point, though, that we are in it all together. Um, and I think, it, you know, particularly with the self-isolation and things going on, um, it's really important that we do remember that um, because, you know, we can't necessarily interact with each other, um, you know, physically. But, you know, you can jump on if you're struggling, like you can jump on what's up. So like, if, so my part of my routine in the morning involves um, getting up. So, so like so my my routine at the moment is that I like I get up. I don't take my phone into my room because it's like it's so easy to like to get stuck into like social media or like, you know, emails or messages or whatever or the news. Um, so I leave my phone. I leave my phone in my living room and I don't touch it. So it's not the first thing that I look at in the morning. So I get up and I go out. Um, you know, for, for, a, for a run with a dog or for you know, wild garlic picking or whatever it might be. Um, and then I come back and put the tunes on, dance around while I'm making my coffee. And then I'll call somebody and I'll like, I'll just schedule like half an hour. So it's just half an hour that I'm just, I'll have my coffee with somebody. And it's really nice um, to have that, you know, and it's because you, because you know, you've only got that half an hour. It's usually like a really positive uh, discussion of like, so what have you got planned today? And things and it's really that's been really really nice and then from there I go into like you know writing and stuff and uh, and then like training in the afternoon and and things so yeah it's it's good I'm enjoying it (laughs) yeah it is good it's a good it's a good routine I think it's it's reassuring for me to know that you're doing similar things I actually one of the things I need to definitely process and look back on once this is all over is that I think my social life has improved since we went into quarantine which is a worry and no, mine has too <laughs> yeah I ring my parents more often I ring my brother more often I ring my friends yeah. and thinking hang on a minute there's an imbalance here and this is teaching me something yes no it's yeah. so true isn't it because I don't I mean you must be you're on the road a lot as well and it's like it's like I don't know about you but I sometimes just go through like a time warp and it's like you know I've I've gone away in like spring and I've come back and it's winter and it's just like where the hell has the year gone it's like in my head like no no time has passed and, <laughs> and it's like you know I realized that I've gone like several months without really talking to anybody yeah exactly and it's simple life admin things as well you know on a much more minor scale of oh I've just moved into this house and I'll unpack it when I get back from the next few trips and then you get an email from the estate agent to say, do you want to renew your contract? And you think, <laughs> yeah. and you go, oh, I've been here a year. Oh, I should probably unpack my clothes at some point <laughs> yeah. soon. But yeah. <laughs> oh my God, you should, well, I'm not going to show you the state of my place. It's like my, my sodding garage, like it fell down like while I was away. Cause we, you know, all those like super strong winds that we had, like the garage roof collapsed and then it's like all the kit that I had in it. I mean, thankfully all the rope kit and stuff was in the house anyway, but uh, like like my bike and like you know my paramotor and all of this stuff it's like just soaking wet so I was like everything's now inside the house and it's like I'm kind of like, everything's lined up like now in order of like what needs to be fixed first <laughs> yeah. yeah it's a good time to get on with stuff like that I guess yeah, um, yeah it is. so my last question for you which is kind of you know just a um, cheeky way to start telling stories and hearing stories um Have you experienced on your travels any kind of moments of forced quarantine or solitude or something gone wrong where you've had to be incredibly self-reliant and ended up on your own somewhere? Um, Yeah, I mean, it happens, you know, I suppose because I'm out there so much, you know, these things do happen. You know, I've, I've been in situations where like landslides have gone off and I've been trapped, um, 
you know, with, you know, with a team. Um, and, you know, that was before we kind of used to carry satellite phones. So I think I was working for World Challenge on that one, maybe. Um, and, uh, yeah, I remember that because it was, we used to have carried like these EPIRBs, these marine, like, um, GPS device things <laughs> used to randomly go off when they got wet. <laughs> Thankfully, like we've, uh, up- updated that a little bit and uh but yeah it's before satellite phones and things and it's like you know you're you're stuck out there uh with a group um and having to make the decisions and things and actually then make you know i had to then make the call about like when you know when we got out of there and you you know suddenly you're responsible for you know 12 or 13 people that are in your care uh and making the right call when all these massive landslides have gone off around um the the, the place we were camping in um and uh, you know the local team wanted to get out of there and it's like uh, thankfully like I, I was really really grateful now that I didn't I didn't follow their advice or didn't wasn't didn't feel the pressure um to get out because there was another group that did go out <clears throat> and uh, so a couple of their porters uh, lost their lives because you know it was, it was all still very active um you know so we were actually we were up there for about a week um, and there was, you know, there was no communication with the outside world and things. So it was like once we then got out, um, you know, we'd still got then got, you know, another 10 days or something, I think it was, to then get actually out to a point where, um, you know, I could actually get in communication with the company. Um, you know, and I think it's in those moments that, you know, you realise you have to be self reliant and you have to trust yourself and own your decisions. Um, and, you know, I think that, that that's really, really important. And again, that that goes back to what I was saying earlier about my worry with, you know, the school system and kids not being able to make those decisions or take ownership of, of their actions. Um, and so somebody actually asked me recently about this and it's like, you know, was asking me, do I doubt myself? Um, do I ever doubt myself? Uh, I was like, well... Not really. Like in my in my personal life, maybe <laughs> maybe I doubt myself in my personal life. But in my professional life, no, I don't doubt myself. But I do question myself. I question every single decision that I make on the ground, um, and you know, and I'll run that through you know various different scenarios. So kind of like you know like dynamic risk assessments all the time. So every single action that I take um, is, is is always um, I've always questioned it and the steps up to it, and you know, and if it goes wrong do I have the means or the resources and the knowledge to be able to get myself or my team out of this scenario? Yeah. And how do you, when that sort of thing happens and you get trapped following a landslide, how do you force yourself into a state where you're calm? Or how did you before it became natural? <laughs> um, I was, I was trying, because I was actually writing an article earlier for um, some newspaper about this. And I, can't, I honestly can't really remember. Um, I, I, I do remember like very clearly um, at some point, you know, being in a, in a stressful situation and the like this box just appearing in my head. And then it was like the emotions went into it and suddenly I was, I was very calm. Um, I suppose like when I'm climbing for myself, I find it harder to do that. You know, when I'm working, for some reason, when I'm working, when I'm looking after other people, I automatically separate out those emotions um but when it's for when i'm doing something for myself um i i don't i don't always do that i'm not always able to do that so <laughs> i tend to sing <laughs> so if if i'm climbing and i start singing um yeah i'm probably quite scared <laughs> yeah. it's amazing that as a few people have similar reactions some people yeah. are serial talkers yeah but you know so something i've actually started doing recently and this was like a friend of mine so i've got a friend who's like this amazing like injury specialist here in in north wales who kind of fixes me puts me back together like uh, when i break myself um and uh, like we were talking recently about like energy and like 
uh, how like we all have like these like energy tokens and it's like you know if you're not careful you go into debt if you keep giving these things out um and she was talking about like one of the ways that she keeps her energy up is to have these little kind of like cheerleader going on inside her head so it's like i've I've started doing that a lot actually because it's like you know you've got a question and again like, this is really like um, relevant to what we're going through at the moment is you know this negative self-talk and I'm my own worst critic and you know I don't like so many people are um, and you know it's like I've got to be really really careful that I don't give myself too much abuse because otherwise you're, you're living in like a you know an abusive relationship like with yourself you know if you're if you were living with somebody who was you know telling you all this negative stuff about you all the time it would be really demoralizing and you'd lose self-confidence um, you know so i, I become really aware recently about checking that and checking that self-talk um so you know when I'm going for a run I'm not I don't particularly enjoy running (laughs) so I find it quite boring but it's like when I am running it's like I don't let myself think like that I've got like this little like positive voice in my head that's like come on (laughs) you can do it (laughs) that kind of pushes pushes me on and um and that really really helps and I think that's you know in this scenario that we're going through at the moment if you are feeling bored or lonely or lost or overwhelmed it's like to check that self-talk that leads me beautifully onto my very, very last question, which is what what advice do you have for basically everyone? Because we're all dealing with this at the same time. Um, well, I think the first thing is acceptance. It's acceptance of the scenario that we are in. Um, you know, um, I do like a lot of survival based scenarios. So either putting myself into them or putting other people into them. Um, and the first, the key point of in those situations is to accept it accept the things that you just can't change you know I I always see it as like kind of this locked door it's like you're up against this locked door and you're trying to get through it you really really want to get into it into through this door and you get like tunnel vision all you can see is this door and you're like hammering on it and so much energy is being wasted trying to get through that door and as soon as you accept that that door is locked it's like you can step back and, you know, suddenly you see that, you know, maybe there's a window that you can climb through next to the door or, you know, or maybe you just go off a different different route. Um, so I think acceptance is is key, you know, to this scenario. It's like we can't we can't change it. We can follow the advice um, and then routine, getting yourself into a routine that helps you keep motivation and, um, you know, helps keep you focused and able to learn new skills and make the most of this this opportunity. Yeah, I think that final point as well is really poignant. It's whether we like it or not, we've got three weeks at home. Most of us, you know, obviously, if you're critical staff, things like that, then that's not the case. But we've got three weeks at home. We get to choose how we spend that, right? Yes. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's obviously so stressful, isn't it? Like if you, you know, the finances and things is is a real stress. But again, you know, we there's nothing we can do about that. And I think it's that awareness, you know, not getting too sucked into what the newspaper's saying, you know, me, social media, media channels, you know, I work, I work in TV, I know this, <laughs> it's like social media, media, media channels, they need content. And obviously, all the negativity, all the fear mongering, everything gives them brilliant content. So it's like being able to use our own awareness and question the world and actually filter out, you know, the important bits. So listen to what like the government advice is saying, you know, there will be uh, financial support for people out there. Uh, but don't get drawn into all this negativity and stuff. Don't forget <laughs> that media channels, social media, they need entertainment, they need content. Yeah. And listen to more positive podcasts and make wild garlic pesto. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Ace, right. Thank you very much. That's been brilliant. No worries.
Thanks for listening. For more information, visit theadventurepodcast.co.uk. And if you have any ideas for guests or want to give us some feedback, you can email us at info at theadventurepodcast.co.uk.